Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. Alright everyone, welcome back to the Old Republic Podcast Travel Logs. Today we are on our way to our next destination of Korriban. So, uh, Cassia, we are kicking off the new year. Uh, it is, it's a new year and it is a new location for the crew of the Ebon Hawk. Yeah. First episode we're recording for 2023. So, uh, Korriban is exciting and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in our last travel log, we were in uh, Dantooine. We uh, revisited the Jedi Temple. We picked up Mikal. We had uh, a lot of fun, you know, planning some uh, wartime strategies for the people there. But, you know, uh, it's time for this journey to take a bit of a darker tone. And we are headed in uh, to Korriban, the heart of the Sith Empire. Um, And it's a place that we've been before, right, Cassia? Yeah, we visited Korriban in the first uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and funny story, there were people there uh, in Knights of the Old Republic 1, and this time around, it's kind of it's kind of empty. That's right, yeah, it's a very much uh, uh, kind of the flip side of the coin of uh, Dantooine, right? So, uh, in the first game we go there, um, Dantooine is full of you know, Jedi, it's kind of this bustling uh, Jedi enclave sort of a thing, and that's been destroyed and abandoned. And uh, now we're going to uh, Korriban, same kind of thing. So you had the Sith Academy there, the uh, Valley of the Sith Lords, and that's all been, uh, you know, kind of abandoned and uh, let go into into ruins. So it's kind of, you know, like I said, kind of the flip side of this same coin as we go from the, the light side over here to the dark side. But uh, what about uh, Korriban? Have we... Um, seen Korriban and anything else uh, in Star Wars other than Knights of the Old Republic? Well, uh, wasn't it called Moribund in uh, Star Wars Season 6, The Clone Wars, and Yoda visits there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so in its uh, current uh, iteration, I guess, it's referred to as Moriban. Um, I don't know. You'll have to let us know out there if you're listening to this if there was ever um, any reasoning given for the for the name change or if we're just meant to assume that it's just you know, uh, ancient, ancient location, ancient civilization, you know, that name just gets changed over the, over the course of history. But if there was a specific mention as to why the name changed, I would love to, love to know about it. But yeah, it's called Moriband in the kind of, uh, current up to date bit of, you know, canon Star Wars that we have. And Yoda went there on like his, uh, fever dream <laughs> kind of thing that he went on and talked to Darth Bane about setting up the rule of two, right? Yeah, I think that George Lucas said he liked the sound of Moraband better, and maybe it kind of sounds like uh, the word Moraband, which hmm. I'm just looking up the definition, approaching death about to die, on the verge of becoming obsolete, in a dying state, dying at the point of death, and maybe it just kind of means that the dark hmm. side... Uh, 
doesn't lead to a fruitful life and you don't really get to like what Sith are so afraid of is death and uh, they can't live on after they die. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good kind of kind of parallel and description for, uh, you know, both the Valley of the Sith Lords and how we see it kind of in the, the states of uh, Korriban as we uh, get into Knights of the Old Republic uh, 2 here. So um, as you mentioned, it was, uh, you know, in Clone Wars, Yoda went there, but it's also been mentioned in the High Republic, um, in the Galaxy's Edge comic series, in the Empire Strikes Back a Certain Point of View uh, book, and in uh, Myths and Fables. So um Korriban or uh, Moribond as it's uh, referred to now has gotten a lot of uh, you know kind of kind of mentions and things and it seems pretty important and um, I would like to think I don't we'll find out you know later this year hopefully but uh, maybe Moribond is a place of interest to uh, the setting of the Acolyte I don't know yeah we'll see uh, so as far as Korriban goes, 110% canon, um, as always, as we go through those. Um, and like I mentioned, we got here after coming from Dantooine, and it is time to kind of kind of face our, our past, our, our Sith-like past. Um, we're going to meet up against a foe um, and have some, uh, I don't know, some some dialogue bits with Kreia that are going to uh, play with your head a little bit, but um, who do we meet here in Korriban? You mentioned that there isn't anyone here, but uh, we do still... You know, uh, we meet a we meet a foe, and we kind of meet you know some ghosts from our past. I really remember the ghost sections. Uh, you get to see a kind of a younger Darth Malik in visions, and you get to see a younger Bastlishan, even though she didn't literally join Darth Malik, you know, in Revan's cause. I guess like you see her in the vision, kind of join their side. mm Hmm. So. Yeah, that's right. Through the uh, Chirac caves there, you have the, the kind of ghosts from our, our past. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Malik um, and Bastila, but we also, there's a ghost of a Republic captain um, who uh, kind of follows us through uh, the battle and, and to their death. Um, we face off against Kreia in the Chirac caves, um, and that's where you get that great line, apathy is death, where, you know, kind of all of our companions are, you know, joining her side and, and we're standing there to kind of confront that. And then uh, ultimately we face off against the uh, ghost of Darth Revan in this burial chamber, um, which kind of leads me to believe if you're if you're meant to, to think maybe, you know, because no one knows what happens to Revan is that, you know, in uh, Mitra Surik's mind is, you know, is this where... Darth Revan, you know, ultimately came to be buried, you know, as you kind of face off against your past. But yeah, the Shirat Cave section is is really interesting. One of the things that I think is interesting about it is you don't even have to go through the Shirat Cave. <laughs> like it's it's not an integral part of the game. Like you can play through the game without ever going through there. But the story bits of it are really important, I think, to uh, the character of Mitra Zurich, especially in this Korriban section. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating and. I don't know, kind of understated section, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's not all just ghosts from our past. It's ghosts from the, the way distant past. So when we first kind of get to Korriban, we're going through the Valley of the Sith Lords, and all of these ruins are uh, kind of in crumbles and disrepair, uh, have fallen down and collapsed. Um, very different to what we see in the first Knights of the Old Republic game. Um, but we do get a little bit of information we actually kind of go through. And if you go up to each of the, the temples, you know, the voice of Kreia comes into your head and uh, tells you uh, who we're meeting there, right? This was the tomb of Tulak Horde, 
known as the greatest lightsaber duelist of the Sith Lords. Ahead lies the tomb of Naga Sadal, successor to Makaragnos, and the Sith Lord responsible for nearly conquering the Republic in the Great Hyperspace War a millennia ago. Before you is the tomb of the great Sith Lord, Makaragnos, a half-breed who possessed tremendous strength, both physically and in the Force. This way leads to the tomb of Ajanta Paul, a fierce Sith Lord. According to legend, the blade proved more fearsome than the Master, leading to his demise. So I think it's fun to kind of, you know, just get these little glimpses in. So if you kind of came into, I guess, KOTOR 2 fresh, you're still getting a little refresher on who these people were because in the first game, you actually get to go into these tombs and learn more about these Sith Lords. But it's just kind of, I don't know, kind of like a little appendices, I guess, for you. Yeah. I don't know. It's like you kind of get some history and some Indiana Jones vibes, you know, so... Uh, yeah. just having the tombs there. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's not all tombs and caves in Korriban. Uh, there is the uh, Sith Academy there, uh, which we get to go in and explore. Now, in the first game, we, you know, go in and uh, we become a, a Sith recruit, and there's a lot of people running around. Uh, this time, this place has been cleared out. There's not a lot going on. Uh, everyone there has come to their demise, including uh, Master Lana Vash, um, who was in a prison cell. Uh, there in the uh, Korriban Academy, uh, but unfortunately, you know, rest in peace, Master uh, Vash. Um, but uh, so that's that. That was the last of the the Jedi Masters that we were looking for. Um, you know, of the Masters that had outcast us from the Jedi Order. So. Yeah, that's the standard version. In the restored content version, you do get to meet uh, Master Vash. I believe, on the planet where all the HK droids are coming from. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Master Vash was uh, supposed to be the Jedi that we meet. Uh, actually, Master Vash and uh, her um, Padawan on that uh, that planet that got cut from the game completely. It's uh, called M478, I think, yeah. is the name of the planet. So um, that's kind of interesting that, you know, in the in the time crunch to get KOTOR 2 out, they uh, kind of reused that character and uh, used it as kind of a plot point to kind of steer you in the in the direction of, you know, getting through uh, the Sith Temple and, you know, out into the into the caves and carrying on with your mission. Yeah. Um, and that, le- that leaves us with one more kind of important character uh, that we have an encounter with here in Korriban. Um, and I think that it's really important both in terms of Mitra Surik's story and the story of uh, this character, but that is none other than Darth Sion, the Lord of Pain. We are back confronted with them again. Yeah, and he's always kind of he's always kind of there when you kind of least expect it. Uh, so he's he's creepy. <laughs> he is creepy. Yeah, I put in my notes here that he is a uh, Sith zombie lord because uh, Darsion has like died, but he is so mad about it, he just refuses to die and uses his death and his pain to keep him alive, uh, which is which is pretty creepy. But uh, Darsion, I think, is kind of an interesting uh, character. I I find Sion to be probably the most interesting of 
of the villains kind of here in this game. I find him a lot more interesting than uh, Darth Nihilus myself, personally. Um, but this is kind of our first encounter with him since we meet him at the very beginning of the game um, in The Harbinger. Yeah. In a way, he kind of reminds me of uh, the Phantom of the Opera. He kind of, like, has a... Uh, kind of an obsession for the Jedi exile and he's kind of always there and he never dies until he does <laughs> he can never die until he does yeah because he just holds in uh that hatred um right and that's kind of one of the things that we learn about uh Darcyon here in this section um is that you know he's just you know kind of bridled by this this hatred and this pain uh that's basically keeping him alive and you know, we learn in this encounter that there's no way that we can ever really kill Darcyon because by all accounts, he's already dead, really. Um, so really, it's going to be up to us to, you know, kind of change the hearts and the minds of this character to uh, have them be able to to move on and uh, become one with the Force. And, you know, Darcyon has an interesting backstory, right? He was the disciple of Darth Treya um, and then uh, went on to make up, you know, kind of one third of that Sith triumvirate um, with Nihilus and uh, Treya before ultimately, you know, kind of uh, joining forces there with Nihilus and casting Treya out of that triumvirate, which ultimately kind of leads to the demise, right? It makes it unbalanced and unsteady, and that is kind of the opening that uh, Kreia can see and utilize Mitra Surikin, uh taking to overcome the the Sith there. Yeah, that's that's the way the Sith, they always murder and betray each other, and I guess that's why we kind of see that there's nothing there, you know, like nothing living, really. Just kind of tombs and remnants and ghosts and an empty academy. Um, I mentioned kind of that famous line of um, uh, of Kreia, you know, saying apathy is death. That comes from this section. But another really great line um, comes from this section, too, um, from Darcy. And it's one of my favorites kind of in the game. Um, and it, it really kind of encapsulates the tone of the game and um you know what we're meant what we're meant to kind of take away from all of this stuff but uh dark scion says um in our encounter uh did you come here for answers there are none the call of korriban is strong but it is the call of the dead um which i think is is really interesting um because kind of throughout this this whole game uh, you know mitra surik yourself as the uh one controlling the character is, is really kind of searching for you know what's it going to take for you know, Mitra Surik to ultimately get her uh, atonement and things like that. And Sion saying, well, there's there's not <laughs> anything that's going to give you that. All, all you have um, to look forward to is, you know, the calls of the, the death here from Korriban and, you know, the suffering that you'd caused through the galaxy. And I like kind of that, um, you know, just, you know, kind of couple of lines there that really kind of encapsulates the what you're meant to take away from the game, I think, anyways. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts you can you can have, like, in response to KOTOR 2, but I think, like, no definitive answers, and uh, KOTOR 2 definitely prompts a lot of thoughts, but it, there's not really, like, a black and white, like, here's what you're supposed to get from everything, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's interesting, because, like, no matter what you do with Kreia... It's like, yeah, I don't approve of that. 
I you know, like, <laughs> and it's like, but apathy's death, so you have to try, even though, like, I'm not going to ever approve of you. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, what do you want, lady? And she'll never say, you know, but life doesn't really have, like, clear-cut answers sometimes, so... It's in, it's interesting. And yeah, you you bring up the good point, right? As you as you face off against uh, Kreia and you you know, try to resist uh, engaging with her in combat and she's like, "Well, <laughs> you're going to or you're not because uh, apathy is death." And uh what does that mean? The uh the too long didn't read of all of that uh is that we were unable to defeat Darcyon cuz he's already dead. Um so we leave, we get out of there. So uh yep. that is uh <laughs> that's kind of where the the story uh bits in and uh Korriban, but there are, you know, there's a bunch of interesting kind of aspects of Korriban, and, you know, we talked about uh, this location because we came here in the first nights of the Old Republic, so when we were going through kind of our film adaptation for the first KOTOR, you know, we talked, you know, it, you know, kind of length about Korriban and how we, you know, thought it should look and how we thought, you know, you kind of play that out in a movie sense, but what about KOTOR 2, Cassia? Um, are there aspects of uh, the way Korriban looks or feels now that you think are interesting or other kind of side stories that we encounter here. It's ac- it's a pretty short section. Um, I think this might have, you know, come at the hands of uh, getting the game out the door. Uh, but what do you think? Anything on Korriban that's uh, really interesting and might be worth a revisit for us in the future? In some ways, Korriban feels more present, like with it more empty. Uh, and maybe it says more about the dark side that way. Uh I guess, like, if it were to be adapted into, even though my dream adaptation is a college textbook, you know, it could, like, and in the textbook, it could be, like, you came, like, to be, it could be Shakespearean with all of the uh, ghosts of your past, you know, maybe even Dickensian, you know, mm-hmm. um, but if it were to be adapted, you know, like, I would just, like, let let it kind of, like, be silent and eerie, you know? Uh, and because silence and eeriness kind of builds on uh, maybe not the paranoia the exile has, but, like, kind of the darker self-reflection after Dantooine. Yeah, absolutely. And that is perfectly encapsulated by, um, you know, kind of that stuff in the Shirat cave, which we talked about a little bit, but you're basically facing all of the ghosts of your past, which is, um, yeah, in a way, very, very Dickensian um, uh, in that nature. Um, Like you said, we um, go through kind of this encounter with Malik recruiting us, Basila, the Republic captain, Kraid, Arthur Evan, um, kind of all of those. So you're you're literally just kind of going through the history of your own life with these ghosts and seeing the way that 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 played out and you know kind of the ultimate effects that uh, your choice has had so um, I think that that stuff is really um, interesting and I think just kind of the location in general of Korriban is interesting because you know we we'd seen it up and I don't know not necessarily like the its height of power but um in the first KOTOR you know by all accounts everything's running 
you know, as smoothly as uh, something that's dedicated to uh, keeping the dark side of the force uh, going. So, you know, what kind of happened to this place in, in that time is uh, really interesting to me. And would there have been, you know, sort of uh, grave robber types and things like we saw in Dantooine there and uh, what kind of aspects those might play into the story? Um, how uh, Master uh, Lana Vash got there in the first place, I think, would be um, kind of an interesting uh, aspect to explore as well when it comes to uh, Korriban here in our second uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, so we have seen Korriban. What what world do we look forward to in our next travelogue? Is it is it Dantooine? Uh, well, so we've, uh, yeah, we've kind of made our way through. Um, now, there are a couple of... Uh, uh, places that we do go back and revisit so maybe that is going to be the key for uh, going um, on our next travel log maybe it is going to meet up with uh, to have our ultimate uh, head there with Darth Nihilus on uh, his ship which I'm totally drawing a blank on the name of it right now uh, uh, we'll just say it's the Ravager so yeah the the, the Ravager um, uh, it could be going to Malachor it might be kind of a combination of all of those things um you know, for sure, as we make our next travel log, maybe it's maybe it's going to be like a loose end kind of travel log before we make our way to to Malachor and ultimately kind of, you know, wrap up our our little travel series. But uh, before we go, we'd we'd hinted on kind of some stuff a little bit, but I wanted to ask uh, Cassia as we go through these travel logs, um, we've been talking as Knights of the Old Republic is like this atonement and purgatory story. Are there any kind of themes or anything that stand out um, in addition to, you know, what we talked about in the Shirat Cave and meeting up with uh, Darcyon and stuff like that? Anything else stand out to you in that aspect? Um, Kind of paired with Dantooine, I kind of look at Dantooine as like positive self-introspection uh, for, the, for the exile and then like kind of like Dantooine is like the darkness compared to Dantooine's light so it's kind of like the dark self-reflection so maybe an adaptation whether it be a college textbook or a Disney Plus show could like play on like what are some positive ways of um looking back at the past what are some negative ways of looking back at the past like what does a person need to do to kind of move forward you know, mm-hmm. um, that that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple of really, really good kind of kind of touchstones here. I think in in Korriban, if you're looking at it in terms of like the levels of uh, purgatory, um, I think that like the avarice level, avarice and greed, um, you can see that kind of in the fallen temples uh, here. Um, and you also have kind of the level of sloth, um, maybe atonement for being slothful, for being, you know, lazy, um, on that level was never being able to stop, um, which is kind of, uh, this character of Darcyon, and we're really kind of learning that about him, um, in this section where he's, you know, literally just going to keep continuing, uh, very much, uh, zombie-like as our, our Sith zombie lord there. Um, so those were kind of two interesting things that I noticed, and then, um, kind of one of the the more kind of narrative plot points is that if you go through the Shirat cave if you do that kind of optional uh section when you uh finish your fight with Revan 
you kind of emerge, um, you know, from this tomb almost uh, like uh, reborn again, kind of, you know, emerging from the, the belly of this uh, beast sort of sort of thing. So I think that just from a storytelling aspect, I thought that that was a kind of interesting thing I wanted to make note of there um, as we, you know, kind of kind of turn the page on Korriban, Cassian. Yeah. And who knows, maybe we'll see Korriban again in the future whether it be KOTOR 2 or something else. Uh, everyone at home listening, let us know what you think about Korriban and let us know what you think about uh, kind of the characters that we meet there and uh, what we've got going on there and kind of what your favorite aspects of it were or uh, versus, you know, Korriban, how we saw it in Knights of the Old Republic. So let us know all that stuff and we hope that you're enjoying these journeys and stay tuned. Like I said, we'll probably do some sort of like loose end where maybe we just kind of go and uh, recap every all of the locations a little bit and anything we we missed or anything you know that kind of happens on a return visit uh there in the game but i think that's going to put a pin in this travel log uh cassia we are well on our way we have uh well, i guess we <laughs> we found our last uh master jedi uh unfortunately we were a little too late in that sense but uh, but that's okay that's okay our story is going to carry on and uh hopefully uh, mitra Surik will be able to uh seize the day so to speak yeah and in the wise words of uh, Master Yoda, uh, may the Force be with you. The Older Public Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisSMowersMusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.